Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. <laughs> this episode of the Bear Stalk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. Wilder versus Fury, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, electric personalities that produce big fights and even bigger betting opportunities. This Saturday, Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley run it back, and it will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with my bookie. My bookie has the best odds and prop bets for Paul Woodley, too, and you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 using promo code SPORTSDRINK. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement for Paul Woodley, too, at my bookie. As much as we'd love to see Jake Paul eat canvas, he's looked strong in previous matchups, and with Woodley taking this fight on short notice, all the odds are in Paul's favor. Back to problem child to win this rematch, as he's sure to be the favorite. Don't miss out, and don't don't bet on Paul. That, I, I really do hope that Woodley just turns loose and knocks the piss out of that guy. But don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code SPORTSDRINK. Head to my bookie today, place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match get settled with Paul versus Woodley too. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. <laughs> What's up, guys? Well... We made an effort out of it, and in the end, that was kind of a uh, very bittersweet thing, you know, with the first half going the way that it did, and then the second half being kind of what we expected this game to look like, you know, overall. And, um, you know, it just, oh, God damn this team for, for giving us hope that they might actually pull this thing off. I mean, it, it had upset written all over it from the way that it started, with the, you know, we got special teams touchdowns and, uh, you know, big plays and, and it had upset written all over it with the way it was going. But unfortunately, uh, the defense just, uh, well, you know, the offense gave up a touchdown with the pick six and then the defense, uh, you know, especially that last touchdown before the half, that one was killer. I think that really kind of turned the tide a bit, even though we, we ran it down and kicked a field goal after that. But it just felt like the, four plays and 75 yards in less than a minute for them to get within three just before the half. That was, that's, I think that's where the game turned. But um, anyway, it was an exciting first half and then a very realistic and sad second half. And uh, I'll tell you why that's a bad thing here uh, in just a minute. But let's go ahead and, and dive right into the show. This is the week 14 episode of the Bear Up, Bear Down podcast for the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. Hang up the Oh, if only the games were 30 minutes long instead of 60, this would be a much more evened up rivalry because the Bears seem to be able to get off to a a decent start uh, against the Packers from time to time. But it's just it's finishing these bastards and put them away. That's been the real problem uh, for the Bears. And that's, of course, on the occasion that, uh, you know, Rodgers and company just don't come outright and beat the piss out of us right away. Uh, when they get off to a slow start the way they did last night, um, you know, the, the I mean, we had the lead at halftime. 
but it, it actually shouldn't have even been as close as it was for a couple of uh, reasons. A couple of things didn't really shouldn't have happened the way that they did, and we allowed them to happen anyway. And uh, that's where we got into uh, trouble. What's going on, everybody? Every uh, Larry D. Back. I don't even know how to talk. Larry D. Back. Week 14, Bear of Bear Down, recapping the Bears and Packers from Sunday Night Football. And for the first 30 minutes, it wasn't the uh, massacre that we were all dreading slash expecting uh, last night. And um, the funny thing is, I think some of us were wishing for it so that we could have gotten some other news today and and uh, on Monday. And... Um, I confess, I mean, as most of you probably know, the show did not come out on time today. I swear to God, I'm not trying to do this on purpose, but I, I didn't uh, record the show uh, last night, uh, got done late, um, and, and wanted to get up early this morning and do it. And again, slept right through the alarm to get up early to uh, do it before work started. So here I am recording this on my lunch break. You're welcome. So, uh, but as of one o'clock this afternoon on Monday, Matt Nagy, still the head coach of the Chicago bears, unless I missed a tweet and a text message from every person on the earth that I know, because I'm sure that I'd be the first person they would all reach out to if that news hit the wire. So He's still the head coach, and I think the first half actually might have bought him the rest of the season. We'll have to uh, wait and see. But then again, you never know. Uh, We're on national TV again next Monday against the Vikings at home. So if we come home and lay a turd on national TV uh, against the Vikings at home for the second year in a row, might be Black Tuesday. Who knows? But, uh, you know, we uh, it it was... (laughs) We we uh we we got our cake and ate it too last night. Whereas uh, we we got the embarrassing loss against Green Bay that we were expecting, but we also got the hope that the Bears might actually pull this thing off and upset the Packers in Lambeau with the whole world watching, much like we did six years ago on Thanksgiving uh, when John Fox, uh, you know, when we upset them on Brett Favre Jersey retirement night uh, and everything. That's still. Sadly, a high point for like the last half decade. But, um, you know, it, it was such a weird, such a weird game because it's like as soon as Green Bay came out uh, on offense in the second half, they, you know, they came out and scored right away, got the turnover, scored again. And basically, and then on like their next drive, they just sucked the air out of the place. Eight and a half minutes, 14 plays and all the rest of that, I mean, they literally just drain the clock dry, leaving no chance whatsoever for us to come back, for us to have to abandon what was working in the first half to be able to, uh, you know, to have to throw the ball and catch up and all the rest of that stuff. So, I mean, it was, uh, we'll dig more into it for tomorrow's uh, deep dive review, and I will be doing that tonight, I promise. So it will drop first thing uh, tomorrow. <laughs> but, uh, oh, man. What a game. What a game. I mean, the first half was as fun and as exciting as any game the Bears have taken part in all season long. Uh, it was beautiful to see. The The defense was handling uh, the Packers for the most part. You know, two sacks on Rodgers. I mean, it's, it was actually like the, 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 the first game. Week six, we sacked Rodgers twice in the first quarter. And then it pretty much didn't happen again 
uh, until late when Akeem Hicks got one going into the fourth quarter. Later in the game, we got one more sack from Travis Gibson. So we had three sacks the first game. We had three sacks in this one, but you never really be able to tell because they scored 45 points and beat us by 15. So, yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we saw a lot of good things, a lot of exciting things, and a lot of the things that I talked about. Like, wait till you hear the knee-jerk reactions, uh, you know, for watching the game. The one before halftime or the one after half or during the halftime, I should say, is like six minutes long because I just kept going about everything that had happened. I mean, the, there were 42 points scored in the second quarter last night. 42. Three touchdowns apiece. 45, excuse me. We scored 24 points in the fourth quarter. We had that field goal late just at the, at the buzzer there. So 45 points scored in the second quarter. And, of course, that was the last that we would score until late in the fourth when it didn't matter anymore. But, I mean, it just – we had two touchdowns on offense and then the special teams uh, return, the punt return from uh, Jakeem Grant. Just, you know, bananas what that guy did last night. Um, so, then we had the halftime. And then, per usual, we made – or at least it would appear – we made zero adjustments – Green Bay literally switched it up. They they got away from the like the 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 like trying to do go deep or the 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 seven step drops and things like that. Switched to the quick passing game to kind of neutralize the pass rush because we got two sacks. We were up Rogers' ass pretty much the whole first half, and then in the second half it was all quick strikes this and there. You know, moving Devontae Adams around, getting him away from Jalen Johnson. The Packers made adjustments. The Bears, on the other hand, did not, and it showed. Because we won the first half 27 to 21 and lost the second half 24 to 3. There's your ball game. So uh, anyway, let's dive into some of these awards here. And um we'll go with the bear downs because those are the ones that uh, I just want to get them uh out of the way. Um, um bear down to Matt Nagy, bear down to Bill Lazor, bear down to Sean Desai. Number one, when Jason Peters unfortunately went down, he got rolled up in the first quarter uh, with an ankle injury. No word on how serious it was just yet. But he was walking on it just fine when he was going back to the locker room. So I'm, I'm thinking slash hoping it's not serious. Um, Tevin Jenkins was thrown into duty, and he looked like a rookie. He looked like somebody who's playing his first football. God knows how long it's been for him because he, he opted out midseason last year so it might even be more of a full calendar year and some change since he's last played uh, a football game there are no live reps in practice so this is the live first live football he's played since probably like October of last year maybe November something like that and um, you know per the usual he was out there with little to no help and every once in a while when they did have Montgomery or Jimmy Graham or somebody lined up to give him a chip. It just so, I mean, maybe it was coincidence or whatever, but every time Tevin Jenkins had some chip help, it was the worst chip block efforts I've ever seen. I mean, even David Montgomery was guilty of completely whiffed and leaving Tevin Jenkins on an island by himself. Jimmy Graham, same thing, barely puts a finger uh, on the guy. It's all up to Tevin Jenkins, who was expecting help and didn't get it. And then... The other times where they were just leaving him out there, 
on an island where that's even proven difficult with Jason Peters, a future Hall of Famer out there. So once again, leaving our offensive linemen and therefore our quarterback with no help, no protection against two very solid pass rushers in Rashawn Gary and um, uh, Smith on the other side against the Packers. Awesome. I mean, we, we learned nothing from Cleveland, apparently, because we did it for one game against the Lions where Justin Fields had an outstanding game. You saw what it looks like when he has protection and time to throw the ball downfield, and instead, you know, you put him out there on an island, you know, his tackles, a rookie who hasn't played in over a year, no live reps since he played college ball uh, last fall uh, and everything. You just throw him out there and you give him no help. You didn't game plan whatsoever any kind of situation where we might lose Jason Peters, which is something we should have always been planning for. Why? Because the last four or five seasons of Jason Peters' career in Philadelphia, he's never played an entire season. It has been like 2014, 2015 since Jason Peters has played a 16-game season. Okay? And it's not because he's, well, I mean, I guess you could call him injury-prone, but he's also in his late, he's 39 years old. So even going back to, uh, 2015, we're still talking 33, 34-year-old player. This is football, and it's an offensive lineman. The years are rough on guys like that, okay? So the fact that he's still playing, obviously, that's a marvel all on its own. But, you know, the fact that he gets hurt from time to time, for especially for offensive linemen, he, he's, he suffered one of the more typical injuries that a lineman will suffer, which is while you're engaged with a blocker of your own, you get rolled up by somebody else. So it's not like he was, you know, back in pass rush and his knee buckled and he goes to the ground. No, he's standing there. He's locked up with somebody else. And then, uh, you know, a a defensive lineman or, you know, whatever from another block rolls him up and rolls up his ankle. That's one of the more typical ways you'll see an offensive lineman get hurt. It happens all the time. So there should have always been a contingency plan for what the Bears might want to do if Jason Peters gets hurt. And now we send Tevin Jenkins in there. But, of course, there is no plan B when you're talking about Matt Nagy. And Bill Lazor, uh, you know, he's the fruit of the same tree. Because he's running Matt Nagy's offense. And he is also in a position to help the rookie quarter or tail or quarterback and the rookie tackle. And he didn't either. And we saw that really, really come back to hurt us in the second half. Because we had to throw the ball more, so the Packers were just teeing off and coming after us. The beautiful part is Justin Fields was able to move around. We only He only got sacked twice, but he was hit 14 times, something like that. I mean, there were like 13 hurries, and uh, I think he did. I think it was less than that. I think he, there were definitely like 14, 15 hurries, so he's constantly under pressure. I think he was hit maybe half a dozen times, only sacked twice, but, you know, This is a quarterback that's coming off of a broken rib who says he's not fully healed, that he felt the rib injury on every single throw. You want to do everything you can to protect that guy. Everything that you can. You don't do, you don't run your offense and to hell with the quarterback. You know, Andy Dalton was inactive last night, as far as I know. So you want Nick Foles out there? Cement shoes? Foles. You want him out there? with no help from the outside with, with Smith and, and Gary uh, coming out, not to mention 
Kenny Clark plug in the middle, pushing Sam Mustafer's ass around. This was your game plan? Yeah, and if not for the big explosive plays that we had, I mean, imagine what this game looks like if we don't produce those, for the Bears anyway, once-in-a-lifetime plays. We're talking about ugly, ugly, ugly football. And we might even talk about Nagy and fire today, but that's another conversation. But those guys, all three of them, Nagy, Laser, Sean Desai, for not making the adjustment to figure out what to do with Devontae Adams because they started motioning him away from Jalen Johnson, uh, lining him up in the slot, and, and Johnson doesn't play the slot, and things like that to get him away because first half, or most of the first half anyway, Jalen Johnson doing a lights-out job with, um, with Devontae Adams. Hell, they were talking about it. He's had X amount of targets. He's only caught one pass for 12 yards. And this was deep into the second quarter that they're showing this graphic, showing that Jalen Johnson's really handling his business with, uh, with Adams. But per the usual, something wasn't working, so the Packers fixed it. And next thing you know, Devontae Adams has caught like 13 pass. Here, hold on, I got the stats right here. Devontae Adams, 10 catches, 121 yards, two touchdowns. Started out one catch for 12 yards, 10 catches, 121 yards. So he had, he caught nine balls for 109 yards after they showed that graphic. And that was late in the second quarter. So that's what the, that's what it looks like when your team adjusts from what wasn't working to what would, you know, or to just flat out try something else. And it does work. That's what that looks like. One catch to 12 yards turning into 10 catches for 121. And two touchdowns. That's what that looks like. So, bear down to those three idiots. Uh, bear down Xavier Crawford. Um, I don't know what would possess you, other than just not knowing what defense you're in. Uh, I don't understand what would possess you to play outside leverage at the goal line when the linebackers are blitzing, therefore leaving the middle of the field open. So you're offering the middle of the field to your receiver, when we're, when our linebackers are going to abandon that area, you play outside leverage, forcing your receiver to take an inside route. And boom, touchdown. So, um, and also there was one other play that Crawford really screwed up on. I'm trying to think. Oh, it was him that was covering Adams on the wheel route for the touchdown just before halftime. Uh, and actually, that was the play where he uh, where he left the game because Eddie Jackson, who all of a sudden doesn't know how to take an angle anymore, uh, misses Devontae Adams on this angle and plows right into Xavier Crawford, knocks him out with a concussion. Now, I was not happy to see Xavier Crawford go down with a concussion, but I was more than thrilled to see that he was no longer in the game. Okay, that's how bad he was in the first half. Uh, and then last bear down, I have Darnell Mooney. Catch the ball, man. Just flat out drops the ball in the bread basket. Last, inter- last uh, throw of the night for Justin Fields. You know, through the fingertips, again, tipped into the air, caught for an interception to put an end to the night. I mean, not that we had much in the way of hopes of, of winning the football game uh, at that point, but... Catch the ball. So, I mean, I know there are challenges. Number one, not the tallest receiver 
out there. Justin Fields being under pressure. We've already covered, you know, who's responsible for that. But, you know, Justin Fields under pressure, so the ball's not pinpoint, but it's there, and you're getting your hands on it. Catch the ball, man. This is the NFL. Catch the ball. I mean, I'll call a spade a spade when 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 the ball's not there. When you know, like just like Andy Dalton's throw to Jakeem Grant last week, the one that resulted in the interception right at the start of the game. That was all on Andy Dalton throwing that ball. You know, a yard behind Grant and Grant's reaching back for it, and that's what tips it up in the air. But that is all Andy Dalton's fault. That last interception, it was high, but it was there. You should have caught it. And instead, for how many weeks in a row now, you tip it up into the air and it's intercepted. I'm not upset about, the, about what it meant because it put an end to the game. We were, we were still down two scores with less than a minute to go. It didn't really matter as far as that goes. Okay, What matters is that for how many weeks in a row are we talking about a ball going through your hands or you tipping a ball in the air for another interception uh, and things like that. It's, just, it's become an epidemic for us for everything that you do for this team. This is something that needs to be vastly improved. Hopefully, that's something that will go away next year when you've had an off-season, a full off-season to get your timing down, uh, maybe when we've had some more chance to get a coach in there that will actually help protect our quarterback so that uh, you know he has some time to, to, to step into a throw and put it more pinpointly accurate uh, for you. But until then, if the ball's there, you got to catch it, period. You know, it's not an easy job, but it's the job you got, bro. We need you to catch the ball, catch the goddamn ball. So... Anyway, that's all I got for uh, Bear Downs, or at least that's the one that I had. Those are all the ones I had written down. Let's uh, take a quick break. We'll come back, do Bear Ups, and our most valuable bear, wrap this bad boy up. <laughs> this episode of the Bear Stalk Underground is brought to you by my bookie. Wilder versus Fury, Mayweather versus Pacquiao, electric personalities that produce big fights and even bigger betting opportunities. This Saturday, Jake Paul and Tyrone Woodley run it back, and it will be no different. So don't miss out on the action. Bet the fight with MyBookie. MyBookie has the best odds and prop bets for Paul Woodley, too, and you can start by doubling your initial deposit all the way up to $1,000 using promo code SPORTSDRINK. That's double your deposit to double your funds and double the excitement for Paul Woodley, too, at MyBookie. As much as we'd love to see Jake Paul eat canvas, he's looked strong in previous matchups, and with Woodley taking this fight on short notice, all the odds are in Paul's favor. Back to problem child to win this rematch, as he's sure to be the favorite. Don't miss out, and don't don't bet on Paul. That, I, I really do hope that Woodley just turns loose and knocks the piss out of that guy. But don't miss out. Double your first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code SPORTSDRINK. Head to my bookie today, place your bets, fill your pockets, and watch this grudge match get settled with Paul versus Woodley too. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie. <laughs> this episode is also brought to you by Symbol. Symbol is the sports stock market that allows you to profit off your sports knowledge. There are two ways to make money on Symbol. First, every time a team you own wins, you earn a cash win payout. Second, just like the stock market, if you think a team is going to increase in value, you can buy low and sell high for a profit. Use promo code SD as in sports drink to make your first deposit risk-free. That means even if you lose money or just decide the market isn't for you, Symbol will refund your initial deposit, no questions asked. <laughs> this episode of the Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by the Spotify Green Room. 
Guys, Spotify Green Room is free, audio-only social media platform for sports fans. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. Talk with other sports fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. Join in on conversations with me at Club 34-7 and have a chance to be featured on your favorite podcast. I'll be hosting rooms every week. Uh, for Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern. Come through and talk to me live on Club 34-7. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join the group. Follow me at Larry D-E-E to be notified when my room goes live. And again, every Wednesday night, 7 p.m. Central, 8 o'clock Eastern, you can join me on the Spotify Green Room for Club 34-7. Come in, let's have a conversation, let's talk bears, let's talk whatever you want. But in order to do that, you got to download the Spotify Green Room anywhere you get your apps. <laughs> Bear up for week number 14. And um, let's start with the coach that did do his job last night. Bear up to Chris Tabor. Special teams. Outstanding last night. Absolutely fantastic. Um, we had three field goals from Cairo Santos. Bear up, Cairo Santos. We had a punt return touchdown, 97 yards, longest, longest in franchise history. We'll get to that in a minute. And uh, we had we recovered a, an onside kick last night. That's bear up uh, again, Cairo Santos. And we also had some outstanding returns, especially in the first half. Outstanding returns from Khalil Herbert. Bear up, Khalil Herbert. So, you know... Just an outstanding night from special teams. That really was the difference in the football game, especially in the first half. The Bears had like one lousy starting point the entire first half at like their own 11-yard line or something like that. Otherwise, the Bears were starting inside the 40. They were midfield and all that kind of stuff. No wonder that you know we were able to have some success. We didn't have to methodically drive the ball uh, down the field because – a lot of the heavy lifting had already been done. We're pretty much at midfield for most of our uh, possessions, especially in the first half. And that's what, was, that's what changed about the second half was that the field position battle, we lost the field position battle huge in the second half. But in the first half, thanks to the returns uh, and everything, and, you know, Jakeem Grant's kickoff or punt return flipped. You know, that was supposed to be our worst start. I mean, that would have been our worst starting field position of the night. He, he caught that ball at the three. I mean, inside the five. You don't catch punts inside the five, and he did. Turn it into magic, though. And, you know, to win from starting inside our own five-yard line to celebrating another touchdown. So special teams did a fantastic job. So bear up Chris Tabor. Uh, your unit showed up to play. So great great job uh, last night. Um, like I said, bear up Khalil Herbert. Bear up Robert Quinn, adding two more sacks to the total, making 14 for the year, also give a bear up to Bilal Nichols. He was there as well. I thought they might actually share credit, at least on the first one, but they gave both sacks to um, Robert Quinn statistically. Maybe that'll change during the week because actually last week's sack on um, Kyler Murray was listed as a, first it was a sack for Robert Quinn, then it was listed as a team sack, so no one, and then they switched it like Wednesday or Thursday of last week Back to Robert Quinn. So he he had 12 sacks, then 11, then back to 12. He adds two to the total this week to make 14 
unless the NFL goes back and looks at it and changes it again from 14 to 13 and a half for, you know, whatever, uh, and grant a half a sack to uh, Bilal Nichols. But he did an outstanding job in pass rush, especially in the first half uh, as well. So Robert Quinn's got four games, one extra than, you know, than usual, but I think he only needs three or four more sacks to break Richard Dent's single season franchise uh, sack record. I think it's 17 and a half or 18 uh, is the is the record that I think he set back in 87, 88, something like that. So uh, a long-standing record from one of the truly great pass rushers in the history of this league, um, who isn't quite frankly in that discussion enough when it comes to the great pass rushers uh, of all time. Richard Dent was an absolute beast and is in the is a worthy inclusion into the Hall of Fame. And, um, you know, doesn't get the love that he deserves as far as like when when we talk about all-time pass rushers, Richard Dent deserves to be very much in the mix for sure. But um, Robert Quinn's making his mark this year. It is a damn shame that that Khalil's hurt, you know, that Khalil Mack can't be out there. You can only imagine because this is this is what we envisioned, guys, when they signed Robert Quinn last year for Quinn to come in and add 14 sacks to whatever uh, Mack could get coming from the other side because that's the thing. I mean, that's kind of what makes this more amazing is that, you know, you figure with Mac gone, I mean, because this is what Mac had to go through when Mac was the only pass rushing threat, when, when Robert Quinn wasn't 100% last year, because it's obvious, it's obvious the way he's playing now, he was hurt all of last year. He was still hurt dealing with that issue all of last year. He got two sacks in 15 starts or whatever it was. And, you know, Mac got, what, eight, eight and a half or something like that, being doubled and triple teamed all, all year long because Quinn wasn't quite the threat that we were expecting. Well, this year he is all of that and more. Imagine what that could have looked like because when they were both healthy playing at the same time, they were the number one sack duo in the NFL. Number one. And by a lot, too, actually. And, you know, you see Quinn, he's still often doing his thing when he's the one that's facing the, the double teams and uh, getting all of the attention uh, and everything, he's still doing it. So imagine what that would look like if Mac was out there. Oof. Makes you look forward to 2022. You got a 100% healthy Khalil Mack. You got Robert Quinn coming off that year. Could be a thing. Could be a thing. Something to build on for next year for sure. But bear up Robert Quinn. Bear up Bilal Nichols. Uh, good job rushing the passer. Uh, last night, bear up Demir Bird. Remember when there was a big stink made in the in the off season about all this quote unquote speed we were signing to the roster? Well, we finally got to see the speed last night. You know, Demir Bird catches a pass coming right across the middle. Um, just the actually, and and what it turns out was I didn't notice right away, but it it happened that uh, Bird was lined up in the backfield on that play. So he just runs a, I think they call it an, an arrow route or an angle route or something like that uh, out of the backfield because I thought he was in the slot and ran a slant route. He came out of the backfield. He goes out and then back in, so that's why it looks like a slant. Dustin Fields puts a great throw on it because he he made Demir run to the ball as opposed to maybe throwing it behind him, hitting him in the bread basket, that kind of thing. Makes Demir run to the ball, so when he catches it, he still in stride runs untouched. 46 yards, 53, whatever it was, 53, because the, the Jakeem Grant run was 46 yards. But 53, 54 yards for the touchdown, just 
once he got past, he was gone. Just turned on the Jets. Nobody's catching him. Outstanding job. And great play design, quite frankly. Whether it was Nagy or Laser who wrote that one up, great play design. Uh, you, when, when they broke it down on the football after show uh, last night, you could see how the, the, the play was designed to do just exactly that. And I don't know if, if Bird was the primary target or if that's just how the play worked out, but it looked like the way that the routes were run, it was designed to open up the middle of the field for that particular route. So well-executed and a well-designed play. You got to give credit where credit's due. And on that particular play, it was brilliant and uh, resulted in a huge, huge touchdown uh, for the Bears. It was, and it was, and it came at a very critical moment because at that moment, that's when that was the drive after the pick six, where you know, like in within sixty seconds of the clock, of the game clock, we went from being up ten nothing to being down fourteen to ten, because the Packers uh, scored right away, and because the Packers, the Packers scored, and then uh, you know the pick six, boom, it's fourteen to ten. So it's like wow, just like that, we're losing this game, and. That's what kind of gave me hope in the first half. Like we might actually, we might actually pull this off because a moment like that in the past was usually would be the death knell. Like that'd be the beginning of the end. That's where the floodgates would open. That's where Green Bay would just take control of this game and run away with it to where it went from 10, nothing to all of a sudden it's 28 to 10 at halftime. And this thing is over with kind of thing. Instead, we get another great return from Khalil Herbert takes a damn near to midfield. And then a couple of plays later, boom, Justin hits uh, Demir Bird on in the middle of the field for that slant route and off to the races. He goes and we got the lead back just like that. You know, unbelievable. So great job from Demir Bird and credit where credit's due to Nagy and Laser for for uh, pulling that one up. It's a fantastic design. Great execution. Uh, something you rarely see from our offense, sadly. So uh, a couple more here. Uh, bear up to Jalen Johnson, as I was talking about before, the way that he defended uh, Devontae Adams uh, in the early going when he was able to shadow him uh, around and uh, before Green Bay figured out how to get Jalen Johnson away from him. Devontae Adams was very much a non-factor uh, in that first half when when they figured out how to get him away from Jalen Johnson or get him into favorable uh, situations, that's when Devontae Adams took over the game. But this was very much kind of like a Peanut versus Megatron kind of thing where Peanut won most of those battles. You know, Megatron made his plays from time to time, but if you're keeping, if you're, you know, keeping a scorecard like you would in a fight, you know, Peanut won more rounds than Megatron did. Uh, that's for sure. And that's what this matchup was looking like last night. You know, it was like Jalen had all the early rounds, man. He had all the, he had a 10-7 round in there too somewhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, Devontae's wide open. He's running around all over the place. 10 catches, 121 yards, two touchdowns. You know, that's, that's, he, he won all the late rounds and took the fight kind of thing. So, but, um, you know, he's showing that he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. We just got to get, we got to get all these guys in the right system. We got to get them all in the right system, or at least we got to get them surrounded by coaches that are going to acknowledge what's not working and fix it. So right now that's something the bears are lacking severely. There's no plan B with these guys. Cause they just, you just don't see adjustments. You don't see, Oh, this we're doing this differently. Now the only adjustments that you really ever see the bears do is, Oh, 
we're down by 20 late in the third quarter. We're going to abandon the run and throw the ball on every stinking down now. That's what the that's what making adjustments looks like to the Bears. That's what it looks like. Like, oh, we have to abandon the run and start throwing on every down, which is what Nagy wants to do anyway. So he really looks, he really leans into that when it looks like it's going that way. And he also probably pulls the trigger on it about 25% too early and, you know, abandons the run too soon. Because David Montgomery had 10 carries for 42 yards, over four yards a carry. 10 carries in that football game. And granted, in the first half, it was big play Palooza. So, okay, fine. But we were winning the ball, winning the game in the second half, going into the second half anyway. And Green Bay takes the opening drive back to score a touchdown. We're down one point, and we come out throwing the ball. Justin Fields gets sacked. One play later, the Packers are back in the end zone. We've been from being up six to down eight in the blink of an eye. And the game was never the same after that. Never the same after that. So we lost that third quarter 17 to nothing. David Montgomery, unless he caught passes out of the backfield, was never going to see the ball again. Not, not in a handoff situation. It just wasn't going to happen. So, um, anyway. But I love what I saw from Jalen Johnson uh, in, when he was head-to-head with uh, Devontae Adams. And uh, I pray to God that story that we saw last week was true, that uh, he would actually consider coming to Chicago. Devontae Adams I'm talking about. You know, it's like, wouldn't that just be great if, if he'd be like, you know, there were two reasons I signed with the Bears. Number one, so that I could play with Justin Fields. And number two, to not have to face Jalen Johnson, uh, you know, two times a year anymore. I want that guy to be my teammate so we can be in practice going at it with each other, making each other better instead of only getting to play each other twice a year. Screw that. We're teammates now. So we're going to be in practice grinding and the NFL is going to suffer. Wouldn't that just be something? Just... Oh, let me have that moment to myself. Hmm. We'd be like the old Homer Simpson and the Simpsons. Ah, oh, Devontae Adams in a Bears uniform. Oh, you know, that's, yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, let's wrap this thing up. Bear up to our most valuable bear this week. Jakeem Grant, how could he not be? You know, he did an outstanding job uh, last night. And the, the funny thing was, he really only touched the ball like, what, three times, four times maybe, the whole game. But he had one carry for 46 yards, and it, actually it was a reception because it was kind of one of those shovel passes. Kind of like when uh, when the Bears played the Buccaneers back in 2018 in the big Mitch Trubisky game, how, how the when Taylor Gabriel runs by Mitch Trubisky and Mitch catches the snap and then kind of shoves it forward to Gabriel, that's considered a touchdown pass. So that was one of uh, one of uh, Justin Fields' two touchdown passes last night. Was um, was uh, Jakeem Grant's basically a, 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 a longer handoff, but that was probably the best play the Bears ran all season. Quite frankly, it's the best play they've run all year long. Okay, they do this jet sweep thing, and when. When Jakeem Grant turns the corner, he has five, maybe six guys in front of him blocking maybe three or four Packer defenders. All Jakeem Grant needs to do is pick the right path and stay in bounds. And he did. Runs in untouched, 46 yards, boom, bears on the board. Unbelievable. 
Just a beautiful, beautiful play. Beautiful. And again, credit where credit's due. Laser, Nagy, if they wrote that one up, fantastic. You know, credit to Juan Castillo for drawing up the blocking assignments on that one. It was probably the best run play we've had all season long because it looked that good. It worked that well. So combine that with the just bananas speed of Jakeem Grant, and it, that's a money play all the time. If we can pull it off the same way for the rest of the season, I wouldn't mind seeing that play a couple more times before the year is out. But knowing Nagy, it already worked, so we're, we're not going to use it again, as opposed to the Kyle Shanahan school of thought, which I'll run that play every single down until they stop it. And if they don't stop it, we'll keep running it down your throat. I'll run Jakeem Grant into the ground running that play over and over again. If you guys don't figure out how to stop it, why would I stop running it? Nagy, on the other hand, wants to stop before you figure out how to stop it. So Matt Nagy's, you know, the best defense against Matt Nagy a lot of times is Matt Nagy. So, but uh, yeah, the one reception, excuse me, for 46 yards and a touchdown, even though basically it was a run. Uh, And then, of course, the, you know, Tariq Cohen-esque run to the right, reverse field, go to the left, turn the corner, run it in for a touchdown, punt return, the longest in franchise history. And this is a franchise that's, Literally been around since day one of the NFL. So it's a 102-year uh, series or um, history that he just set uh, with that 97-yard return. Uh, and that return put the Bears up 24-14. to 14. Man, oh, man, did that feel good. 24 points in the first quarter when our biggest point total of the season was 27 against the Steelers before the bye week. That's the most points we've scored in a game, and we're a field goal away from that. Uh, in the second quarter. It's like, man, is this really happening? Is this happening? Like, it just seems like we're getting all the breaks here. No, you know, never. And, and and that's why I was like, you know, could this be happening? Because the pick six, number one, it didn't murder Justin Fields' confidence or anything like that. We bounced right back with a huge play of our own. And then the defense goes out there, forces them to punt, and we turn that into this bananas punt return to put us up by two scores. Only then, like I said before, we, we, we Sean Desai decides to go into prevent and let the Packers have the yardage. And four plays and 48 seconds later, the Packers are in the end zone for a touchdown. And it's 24 to 21. We should have clamped down and gone after Rodgers. The hell with playing prevent and letting them and try to keep everything in front of them. That doesn't work when you're playing against Aaron Rodgers, obviously. So that was a huge mistake because uh, I feel like that's where it kind of that's where the tide turned, or at the very least, that's where Green Bay got its mojo back. Like they saw, like yeah, we're we've had a horrible first half, a horrible first half, but thanks to a pick six. And an incompetent defensive coordinator, we're only down three, and later on with the last field goal, we played a horrible first half. We're down one score. We're down six points at the half. Now let's go ahead. We'll play Packer football in the second half and and take this thing away. That's exactly what they did. So, yeah. But uh, Jakeem Grant, outstanding. Outstanding. Most valuable bear. Without him, uh, there's a very different show we're having today. Uh, that's for sure. So congratulations, Jakeem Grant. Uh, most valuable bear for week number 14 uh, in our loss to the Packers on Sunday Night Football. So that is going to do it, guys. Uh, close the book on Bear Up, Bear Down again. Sorry for the for the tardiness. Uh, 
yeah, I'll just suck it up and do the show right after Monday Night Football last next week. I promise that Bear Up, Bear Down will come out first thing Tuesday morning. I don't get a day off next week because I basically I get Monday off because of no show because uh, we play on Monday night. It'll be Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday will be the shows next week to get ready for Bears and Seahawks after the Vikings game. So, Anyway, come on back tomorrow for the deep dive review. We'll have knee-jerk reactions and everything else in between. And until then, my name is Larry D, and this has been the Bears Talk Underground. Hiring? With Indeed, your search is over. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows firsthand how VR training platforms like ForgeFX can help meet the demand for skilled workers. Anywhere you go look, there's going to be a shortage of welders. VR training can help welding students learn the skills they need to begin and advance in their career. The beauty of virtual reality is it simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Explore more stories like Alex's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.